Remember that dude on the pension from the other day whose only just ex-warranty 2016 Subaru Outback went introw poopy out on the highway and the dealer in Coffs Harbour quoted him like 11,600 bucks to replace the transmission? Remember him? If you do not, I'll put a link up there and you might refresh yourself. So anyway, I'm happy to report that he got a full refund. Result, as they say in those Brexitanian cop dramas. However, I can't find any evidence whatsoever that the CVT was actually defective. I'm Jonathan Dogan from autoexpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap for buyers here in Australia. Website for that? <coughs> yes, Lee! Oh, you can just click the card that's out there now. If it's not up there, like, we'll just ship it off to Easter friggin' Island for diagnosis and I'll send you a bill for 1500 bucks. You're welcome, dude. Executive summary, okay? Will Toms was recently driving from Sodom and Gomorrah by the sea which some people call the Gold Coast, all the way down to Arsholistan, Sydney, when there's an horrible grinding noise down there. So he darkens the door of Jeff King Motors, the Subaru dealer in... <coughs> Harbour. And they charge him like 1500 bucks to send the transmission 1,400 kilometres south to Melbourne for diagnosis, which to me seems fairly inefficient, but hey. And then, brace for bottom line impact. Jeff King Motors has quoted $11,600 to replace the transmission and repair the car. I need a car, so I have authorised the repair and I'm hoping to pick the car up next week. And this is of course why the defibrillator in every car dealership is located in the service department reception area. I am appealing for your help to encourage Subaru Australia to be reasonable and cover the cost of repair. And here's where this gets interesting. Like 58,000 people watched my earlier report on Mr. Tom's predicament. 35% of them watched all the way to the very end, as we would have said, as kids in the car all the way to <coughs> Harbour, home of the big banana, which is, even today, a favourite attraction for Tiffany. Go figure. It's fair to say that a lot of people are interested in this case and how it played out. Subaru reached out and thanked me for, quote, bringing this customer issue to our attention. I can just imagine the outpouring of gratitude in the boardroom. We are investigating this and I will come back to you once there is an outcome. To be fair on this, Subaru has invariably been pretty damn good at head office whenever I have darkened their door with anything of this nature. And even if the volley has been kind of line ball, they generally call it in favour of the customer. The Death Star. They could learn a lot from Subaru on matters such as this. 
So I sit back patiently at this point and I await the outcome. And then this happens. In relation to your recent video regarding Mr. Wilfred Tom's CVT transmission, we understand you will receive correspondence shortly from Subaru Australia regarding this issue. We will only be provided a copy after you receive it from Subaru Australia. We would ask for 24 hours to also submit our version of the facts from Jeff King Subaru. Kind regards, Paul. This is from a dude named Paul King at the Jeff King dealership, presumably a relative of the founder, to whom I retort, basically, dude, 24 hours, sure, no problem, but pro tip, there are no versions of facts. There are just things that are facts and things that are not facts. This is how the entire universe rolls. And occasionally I truly wish this were not so. Like, there have been times in my life when I hoped beyond hope that I could simply trot out a different version of the facts. Like, dude, I've had six wives. Different facts could have reduced this number substantially. They could reduce this number today. Just saying. Versions of facts are also often known as lies, in my experience, although I make no allegation in this case, right? Just look at Trump's people relying on, quote, alternative facts in respect of the 2016 inauguration crowd versus the crowd at Obama's inauguration. Or the Federal Minister for Lies here in Australia. Morning, sir dismissing every dumb thing he ever said as a labour lie, trotting out those alternative facts. Well done, sir. Versions of facts, in my view, are an insidious societal toxin. What do I really think? They're generally entirely disrespectful of the truth and capable of fracturing the epistemology of reality, thanks to online amplification often. But aside from that, yeah, okay. That email from Mr. King leads me to apprehend that there's been some kind of Barney, possibly a monumental one, with shouting and everything between Subaru Schittsville and the dealership, the magnitude of which is sufficient, seemingly, for Mr. King to preemptively demand a right of reply should Subaru's version of the facts lead to the dealership going substantially under the bus. This is a hypothesis on the balance of probability, Occam's razor, whatever. I'd be lying, though, if I said that I didn't find this kind of shit oddly titillating. Yep, I know, dude, it's a character flaw. And then I got this from Subaru. What has been highlighted in this particular instance is a breakdown in communication from Subaru Australia to the dealership and the customer. Simply put, the customer experience has not lived up to our expectations or the high standard of customer service Subaru always strives to provide to support its network and customers. We have implemented changes to help ensure this does not occur again as our customers deserve better. This was quite a long email, largely devoted to subjects orbiting exceptional customer service and related excellence and things of that nature, etc. I'm gonna spare you the gritty detail there. But then 
there was this. In relation to the specific issue, the information at hand indicates it was not caused by a manufacturing defect and it is not an Australian consumer law or warranty issue, at least insofar as Subaru Australia and Jeff King Subaru are concerned. And also, for context, this. The information indicates that at the last service performed by an independent repairer, the diff oil was drained and not properly replaced, meaning the diff was running without oil, which has obviously had further consequences over time, ultimately resulting in the issues the customer experienced with his vehicle. And then finally, from Subaru, this. The overall customer experience has not met either of our standards and in accordance with Subaru and Jeff King Subaru's commitment to providing an exceptional customer experience, supporting our many loyal Australian owners, we have worked hand in hand to resolve the customer's concern to their satisfaction. Okay, great. I am all for satisfaction having experienced both it and the alternatives from time to time, but what does this amalgamation of corporate buzzwords actually mean? And more importantly, what actually happened? So I reached out to the owner, Mr. Toms. Firstly, I want to thank you very much. The full amount I paid to pick up the car on Tuesday this week was refunded into my bank account overnight. This included the 1500 bucks for the transmission inspection. The total amount was $10,571.25. They gave me a $1,000 discount on the initial quote. I just want to pause briefly and take this opportunity to say, yes. Next time you say, all journalists are card-carrying cocks, play this video, subscribe and hit the bell, dude. You know you want to. We are only cocks most of the time. Religiously, I take one day a month and I strive not to be a cock on that day. Sometimes successfully. My last two services were done by a reputable mechanical workshop close to home, not a Subaru dealer. The service that included a front diff oil change was done at 70,974 kilometres. In the 10,000 kilometres since then, I have done several trips on the highway of about 130 kilometres each way. I'm not a mechanic, but I don't understand how a car could travel smoothly for 10,000 kilometres without oil in the front differential, if that is what they claim. Simple explanation there, Mr. Toms. It probably didn't drain completely, so it probably was not operating completely dry. But indeed, this is substantially what they claim. See, this is the official diagnostic report from A&B Automotive Remanufacturing in Melbourne, supplied to me via Mr. Toms after he sent me that last message. These people are the official Subaru transmission Hercule Poirot contractors, and they have been since sometime in the 1990s, apparently. And preemptively, before anyone gets their friggin' knickers in a twist over me having this report, no burden of confidentiality in respect of that attaches to me. And I specifically suggested that Mr. Toms not divulge any of the details or release any information if he had agreed to a non-disclosure agreement in relation to this settlement, okay? 
The report is entirely consistent with the following failure mechanism. And you have to remember that the CVT and the front diff are bolted together like a transaxle, right? The crankshaft of the engine goes into the transmission. There's a CVT and then there's a transfer case type of gearing arrangement that splits the drive front and back, okay? The back half goes to a prop shaft that travels the length of the vehicle before it makes sweet, sweet love to a rear differential and the front half is physically bolted to the bottom of the CVT housing. It just looks like a big aluminium block when you get underneath and have a look. So if you really don't know what you're doing in the service department, A, you probably shouldn't be doing it, and B, it is hypothetically possible to drain the front diff and then crack open entirely the wrong fill point and erroneously dump all of that brand new diff oil into the CVT. And just going out on a limb here, that's generally bad. If you do that, obviously the CVT becomes contaminated with the wrong oil and the diff becomes a ticking time bomb of low to no lube waiting for its use-by date to expire somewhere out there on the highway. Front diff has been running without oil. The pinion bearing fails from lack of lubrication and seals between front diff and CVT section are no longer supported. So contaminated CVT oil runs into diff section. That's an excerpt from that report from a dude named Grant Rattenbury from the A&B Diff Detective Mob in Melbourne. He's been at A&B for 30 years, okay, and he's a qualified mechanic. He's probably beyond proficient at diagnosing this kind of thing by now, you know, safe to say. The engineer in me needs to point out to you that Fuji Heavy Industries could virtually negate the risk of this misfilling failure mode simply by labelling the frigging filling points with the words trans and diff, respectively, next to those respective filling points. And all it would take is a minor change to the casting dies. Major improvement to in-service fuck-ups. Just saying. What happens is that the diff eventually overheats because it's not lubricated and then the bearings shit the bed. The pinion seal fails because of the non-support of the pinion shaft and the CVT fluid contaminated with gear oil flows forwards into the diff, albeit somewhat late to do any real good. That's essentially what the full report says, okay? There's heat damage in the diff which is consistent with this mode of failure and I give Mr. Rattenbury 13 points out of a possible 10 for his examination and diagnosis. This problem is actually somewhat prolific, I'm told. So prolific that I'm detailing it here so that if you are an independent mechanic and some strange Subaru rocks in one day, you measure twice and you cut once on the issue of front Subaru differential refill points, dude, because that's kind of important. For clarification, I'd suggest you grab this Tech Talk report from the VACC, which covers this issue in granular detail. The one thing here about which I have not managed to crack the kooky code is 
there's nothing in the A&B teardown tech report about damage to the CVT. And I'm inferring that the deafening silence on this front is because the CVT is undamaged. Like, if it's your job to tear down and investigate a transaxle for damage, you'd mention any and all damage that yo teardown discovered, would you not? Like, I would. I'm further inferring that in this case, you could probably flush out the CVT and replace the pinion seal, refill the CVT with proper fluid, bolt up a new diff, spool it all up for testing on some best-spoke trans-testing dyno, and then you would be blissfully related to Robert by virtue of him emerging from the same friggin' womb as Mommy. You might need to think about that one. So... Why charge the owner for a new transmission when only the diff failed? And although they are bolted together, they're separate components. I'd be motivated to pursue that sort of vigorously if Mr. Toms was still nearly 11 grand out of pocket, but he's not. So to me, this issue is really just kind of a curiosity. And I just want to make a couple more points on this, okay, that are broadly related to servicing and issues of this nature, which you might be confronted with one day, Subaru owner or not, okay? Number one, the dealership here is multi-franchised. Jeff King Motors flies the Subaru, Mitsubishi, Volkswagen, MG, and even the defunct Holden brand flags, okay? But guaranteed, they do not have the resources to have five separate service departments. The service department, guaranteed, is unified. Subaru can fluff up its rhetoric about service excellence as hard as it wants, and I believe that they are most sincere about that at head office over there in Happy Clapperville, northwestern Sydney. I really do. I think they mean it, and they mean it like they're serious about it, okay? But at the end of the day, the point of contact for you and the last dude in line holding the service culture baton. In this case, he's actually also holding the baton of Volkswagen, MG and Holden, etc. The customer service which you actually receive as a car owner is down to the operating culture within the dealership and head office really can't do all that much to control that. Number two, Let's talk about bad incentives at dealerships, which is the root cause of why people think car dealers are assholes. And there are quite a few, frankly. Firstly, if a dealership can convince you that it's not a warranty or consumer law job, they make more profit because there's a margin on the parts which they do not earn in the case of warranty and consumer law jobs. And because they can also charge you a higher labour rate than the parent car maker is going to pay them for those kinds of warranty and consumer law jobs, right? So it's substantially more profitable to you if they just say, no, nah, they're not going to cover that. Secondly, dealers only get paid when they deliver a new car, okay? And with six to 12 month waiting periods common in the industry right now, there's a hell of a lot of pressure to keep those rivers of gold flowing into the dealership through the service department. So I'd be really concerned about any major repair being overblown unethically, for example, by billing you for a full transmission replacement when only the diff had failed. That's a real risk right now. 
Of course, Subaru could have a policy to replace whole transaxles as complete remanufactured units or something, even if only the diff had failed, in which case the dealer's hands would be tied, but it's still a bullshit arrangement, okay? And you need to be careful about things of this nature. Just for complete clarity on this issue, I'm not saying either case is what has definitively happened here, but these kinds of arrangements are generally likely across the entire car industry. And this fire is fueled by the fact that Mr. Toms told me the dealership would not furnish him with the A and B report when he first requested it. Although I was asked to pay $1,500 for this analysis, the dealership will not forward the report to me. I am working on what I was told over the telephone. That's Will Toms there from his 19 February email to me. What possible imperative could motivate that refusal? Like, if the dealership faithfully reports the problem to you and the report substantiates their claim that you need these expensive repairs, you do have to kind of cop it on the chin, do you not? If it's all just a con, however, the report would undermine the claimed extent of the damage and the necessary repairs. And I'd suggest that either way, Transparency is the key to ethical operation. At least, that's how it seems to me. And thirdly, dealers, they just hate independent mechanics. They hate them. And so do the car makers, right? Dealers and car makers are always at war with independent mechanics. Car makers and dealers always trying to actively undermine independent repairers. Despite the fact that dealerships simply lack the capacity to service every car out there on the road. And in many cases, dealerships are pretty poorly trained and ill-equipped to diagnose complex problems. So if you presented a dealership with a problem and the service history demonstrates that an independent repairer has in fact serviced your car, some dealerships, maybe not all, but some will view you as a traitor i.e. you have undermined their profitability and they do love money. So they penalise you accordingly and you've got to watch out for that. And finally, if your problem happens rather a long way from home, the local dealer, he's kind of got you over a barrel, hasn't he? You're not from around here and you've got this urgent need for repairs and hey, it's not as if they're ripping off a local, is it? I'm not saying all of this or any of it has happened in this case, and I lack the resources, frankly, to investigate this further, and it's been resolved. What I am saying is that this could easily happen to you. There are thousands of different combinations of all these flavours, but there it is, dude. These are the worst-case commercial dynamics if you step into an ethical vacuum with a substantial problem with your vehicle. And all I can say is you've got to be an effective advocate for your own self-interest in these circumstances. And you're certainly not there to make friends. So feel free to just stand your ground. If you think you are being bent over, absolutely contact the car maker directly. Do not rely on assurances from the dealer that they are doing all of that for you on your behalf. Because there is a clear potential conflict of interest there. Anyway, apart from the inconvenience, I'm pretty glad that things worked out well for Mr. Toms, but as I see it, there is a bit
bit of an underbelly kind of dimension to these issues. And perhaps the changes that Subaru claims to have implemented will address part of that in this case. Let me know what you think in the comments section below.